Hey there, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of The Dark Parade. This is, of course, your Morbid Monday episode. Uh, just want to give you a heads up on the front end of this. Um, there is a heavy discussion of Halloween Kills, including spoilers. So if you haven't seen Halloween Kills and you want to, be warned. Um, also, there's uh, some fun new stuff. And uh, well, somehow or another, we get into a conversation about uh, the Dave Chappelle the Closer uh, special on Netflix. So, anyway, that lies ahead. I think you're going to enjoy all of it. It was a really good time. And uh, I'll see you on the other end. Here you go. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another Sinister Sunday. Uh, Tully will be making an appearance any second now because he is, uh, you know, kind of the, the unofficial mascot. There's his tail. There you have it, Tully Siding. Um, how's everybody doing? Good, I hope. I hope this Sunday finds you well. It has been uh, a busy day here at uh, the HQ. Um, I have been uh, not only recording some, some new shows for Dread Parade, Dread Parade, Dark Parade, I don't know the name of the show I do, uh, not only have I been doing some shows for Dark Parade, I, uh, I had a holly bush that was absolutely out of control on the side of my house and has been ever since I moved in this, like, this is a holly bush that has been a problem for years. And I, I literally just got finished, uh, destroying it. Um, I feel pretty good. So anyway, uh, Jason, good to see you. Alan, good to see you. Um, while, uh, while others are filtering in, I assume there will be more. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about what's ahead on this week. Cause this, as always a busy week here at, uh, at dark parade and Legion podcasts. Um, the 31 days of Halloween continues. I hope you're enjoying that. I'm having a great time. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're in the last, is it the last full week? Yeah, I guess so. Two weeks from today will be the uh, the end of it all. So, uh, two more weeks of, of the 31 days of Halloween, um, starting tomorrow. And I'm very excited to, to wrap that up. The, the last run of movies, I'm, I'm very excited about, um, not that I'm not excited about the other stuff, but man, oh, there's some good stuff coming. Um, so that's happening on Tuesday. You will get what you watching with Jamie and Bo on uh, the Legion podcast main feed, as well as, as dark parade Wednesday, you will be getting psycho three and sometime next week. Uh, I'm not sure when, probably Friday you'll get another found footage fool, uh, in the mix there as well. So more stuff coming on, on dark parade and more stuff coming, uh, on Legion podcasts. Uh, Robert, what's up? Alan saying that he is hung over and still thinking, about midnight mass uh yeah that'll that'll happen to you uh, midnight mass is a, a you know i find i know robert uh is, is uh the disagreeable sort not really he just it, it didn't hit him the way that it hit a lot of people but um that uh yeah uh that was something that really hung with me midnight mass is something i still uh think about uh pretty pretty often uh it's a real good show so, um, yeah, in addition to all that stuff and also hungover is probably 
not the way to wrestle with it. But, you know, I would argue a cheeseburger. Uh, I had this conversation earlier with, with one Dan Chase. A, a cheeseburger is probably good for what ails you in this scenario. Uh, get yourself uh, a cheeseburger, uh, like a, an honest-to-goodness Coke. If you can find a Mexican Coke, something with real sugar in it, do that thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll do you right. So, um, so that's what's coming this week. Uh, I'm very excited for you guys to hear the Psycho 3 and Psycho 4 conversations. Um, it it was a lot of fun. Psycho 3 in particular, I, you know, we had a, Dan and I had a very good time talking about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, also big thanks to everyone who checked out uh, heart of horror with Kate Pollock and myself. Uh, I got a lot of good feedback from that. So thanks very much for, for checking that out. And, and, uh, and thanks for listening to that. That was a, a whole lot of fun to do. Um, and there'll be more of that in November. I, I, we might have a movie picked out. We're still in the process of, uh, figuring all that stuff out, but I, I think we got a pretty good idea of what we might do next. Um, Alan saying a cream cheese and Gatorade powder smoothie. That sounds terrible. Uh, that's like the the weird science. Like, how about a nice greasy fish sandwich served in a dirty ashtray? That sounds disgusting to me. But hey, again, to each their own. Who who am I to judge? That's what I ask. Who am I? Um. So <laughs> while we are getting uh getting rolling here um let's just jump into uh, some news i'm gonna let's do news then we'll talk about halloween kills and then we'll do uh the streaming stuff because i don't have a whole lot on the upfront just been a lot of recording a lot more stuff coming your way and and like i said big thanks for um for everyone who's checking out the new uh dark parade stuff because i am i'm having a great time doing it and uh and people seem to uh seem to enjoy what has been done thus far uh we will continue um to to add dumb shit to that stream what's up gary um leonard Moulton has a live stream i didn't know that i should watch that too i, I wish i had more time uh to paraphrase one denzel washington but let's uh let's get into some news here um, starting with, let's do this one first. Uh, David Gordon Green, director and producer of, uh, Halloween and Halloween Kills and one presumes, uh, Halloween Dies, um, is going to be doing three, count them, three, uh, sequels to The Exorcist, uh, direct, uh, sequels. The first one of those is written he has said, and, uh, as I said, we'll get into some, uh, some Halloween kills discussion here in a minute. Um, in the grand list of movies that don't need sequels, the exorcist is right there, uh, at the top. Um, exorcist two, awful movie, really bad. I know there are some defenders, but I find those defenders to just be contrarian and not actually, you know, think that the movie is any good. Then you got um, your Exorcist 3, which is pretty good, directed by uh, William Blatty. And that's all right. That movie's okay. Um, it has some really interesting ideas in it. And look, I'm I'm a fan of George C. Scott. 
I will take uh, George C. Scott when and how I can get him. Uh, he he is absolutely my favorite Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> so you know that's fine. Um, and then there you have the prequels that you know the competing prequels. Uh, one directed by what Rennie Harlan didn't he do one of those and yeah just like movies that didn't need to exist at, at the end of the day and then uh now we're doing three sequels so um my understanding is that it's going to be direct sequels to the original in much the same way that um So they're definitely doing a trilogy and uh da, 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 da. so yeah um ellen burston is coming back and i guess it doesn't say specifically how it's going to address the existing sequels but you know why on earth would you uh other than somebody backed a dump truck full of money i'm sure they saw how halloween did and just open the catalog to David Gordon Green. And, um, you know, rather than, and this isn't his fault. I was going to say rather than do an original idea for a horror film, that's not David Gordon Green's fault. That's the fault of just the current state of affairs in, uh, in movie making, where if you're going to give somebody a lot of money, the idea is you give somebody a lot of money to do something with an existing property, something that has uh, name recognition. Um, yeah. And Jason saying after the first season of that TV show, is this really necessary? I thought the TV show was pretty good. I didn't see the second season with John Cho. I, I was kind of done at that point, but you know, that's fine. Uh, I, I thought it was, it was okay. It was interesting. It was different. And if you can do something different with the property, sure. I, you know, I don't want to immediately just like knee jerk say, well, this is going to suck. Because I haven't seen the movies yet. We'll see how it goes. I have seen Halloween 2018 and I have seen Halloween Kills. And I'm saying based on that, I am not terribly excited. Um, Alan saying, how about a 16-part Don't Look Now reboot? Right, right. I would That I would watch. If you could get Donald Sutherland to come back for 16 movies in which we explore uh, you know, his relationship with Julie Christie, now you're talking. Now we got something. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's frustrating that we don't get more original IP, but you know, like I said, it's just the current state of Hollywood, um, you know, in a weird time because Hollywood's in a position right now where like theaters are kind of dying. Um, COVID didn't cause that, but it's certainly not helping. And the streaming services are kind of where it's at. So how do you compete? Well, you compete by making people go to the theaters to see a thing that you know they like. And and that's how you get, you know, three Halloween movies and three Exorcist movies and, and so forth. Uh, Robert Green. I mean, I don't, again, I hate to just, you know, like naysay a sequel that I haven't seen. Because it could be great. Like Evil Dead 2 is arguably better than Evil Dead. You know, it depends on... Uh, how you feel about those things. I like Evil Dead 2 probably more than Evil Dead, but I like them both a whole lot, so it's possible. 
Um, <laughs> Gary Hill says, as for most things, once Linda Blair shows up, I'm out. And, <laughs> and Jason says, and really after repossessed, what more needs to be said? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, it, it's about time for a scary movie reboot. If we're going to be, you know, uh, making hay on a lot of these, uh, these reboots and remakes, like scary movie needs to come back to skewer all that stuff again. And David Gordon Green's a comedy director. Uh, that's how you close the loop on this is you have David Gordon Green direct a parody of the movies that he's directing. Now you got something. Um, so that that's happening. Uh, I think I think that's all that needs to be said. I just thought it was interesting that they announced up front, like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a three movie cycle. We've got one written and the other two we're working on, so that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, mm. um what's up next in the news? Uh oh, M Night Shyamalan has a new movie coming out. Uh it is called uh hold on. I'll tell you what it's called. I have already forgotten. Uh, it is called Knock at the Cabin. Um, so, all right. I haven't seen old yet. I need to see old. I know that's kind of on the streaming services now. And once October is done and I can watch something other than the movies I've got on lists, uh, I will catch up to old. Uh, I mean, you guys tell me, is old any good? Maybe. Um, that, uh, yeah. So anyway, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I, the reason I thought this was interesting is that we're in a bit of a Shyamalan essence where he is once more in the public eye and directing stuff again. And which is great. I'm glad you know, he directed a couple of really good movies, and I think he's got good movies in him. I I just don't think that every movie needs to have a twist, and that seems to be Shyamalan's bag, is doing twisty stuff. Mm, you know, uh, we'll see how it all goes. Um, But again, I thought it was interesting, you know? I got... Now that I, I, I say it, I'm like, well, maybe that's all I have to say about it, and it's not all that interesting, but we'll see um devil in a blue dress indeed uh devil in a blue dress now there there is a movie that doesn't even need a remake devil in a blue dress is is uh wonderful what a wonderful movie what speaking of denzel washington oh my goodness what a terrific film anyway uh gary says they couldn't do scary movie now properly folks are too woke um, I don't agree with that premise. I, the idea that you can't do comedy if you're not like offensive and transgressive, uh, I've never, I, I, I've never bought into that. You know, Young Frankenstein is one of the greatest comedies ever, and there is nothing, uh, there there is nothing transgressive about that or or intentionally shocking or anything. Um, the same way with like Stripes. You know, I'm, there might be problematic shit in, in Stripes. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But, you know, the uh, the Aunt Jemima treatment, I suppose, uh, just referencing Aunt Jemima. Um, I know, like, I, I haven't seen it yet. I know that there has been we, – we talked about this some last week, so I'm not, I'm not going to get too deep into it. But um, I know that the new Dave Chappelle sh uh, special has gotten some heat for – 
uh, Dave Chappelle uh, making some jokes at the expense of the trans community, calling himself a turf, by the way, which I had to look up uh, yet again because I always forget what that means. But the that stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist. Um, I you know I'll say this about it. I I haven't seen that special yet, so I don't know the context of the jokes. Um, I've read a couple of excerpts of of what he said. I just think if you are making fun of the trans community, there there is not a a more clear definition of punching down. And that is not the kind of comedy I typically enjoy. Like, I like Dave Chappelle. Uh, there's plenty of stuff he has said in the past that I find ridiculously funny. Um, but, you know, like, the the object of humor, ideally, is to, is, is kind of to skewer, uh, like, social mores and, and that kind of thing. And... You know, it, it's the old Carlin premise of, like, if you're going to make fun of someone, you punch up. Because that's who has the power. You aim the jokes at who has the power. You know, trans people, and especially trans people of color, have no power. That is the reason that, you know, somebody like Dave Chappelle, using a platform like Netflix to... Again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to what he said. Uh, other than people in that community are upset about it and you know they would know they would they have the right uh so i don't know um i i just i think it's an easy target i think if you're making joke jokes at the expense of gay people trans people then you're you're aiming at the wrong targets and i think it makes you look a little small um alan says green is coming off a bit like horrors jeff jeff jones or jeff johns uh yeah um yeah I, I i don't know you know like i i think that david gordon green is a horror fan i don't dispute that i just don't know i don't know they's that successful i i we'll get into it we'll talk about it in a minute we'll we'll get into halloween kills in a second um yeah john's he corrected himself already uh alan's uh, all right uh, gary says dave Chappelle laid out perfectly with his new special their jokes uh but joke ma jokes matter words matter especially if you're a high profile comedian like dave Chappelle, uh who you know for there are a lot of comics who see him as like the guy who is is, is pa like taking the torch the, the torch has been passed from you know prior and carlin to to somebody like dave Chappelle, and um you know Again, it's all a matter of taste, comedy subjective and so forth, but I, I you know, I, I said it already, if you're going after minority communities, uh, I think you're, you're aiming at the wrong thing. Um, uh, gotta watch it till the end. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Um, Robert says I'm with Bo on this one regarding humor jokes at the expense of others isn't necessary. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I've, I've said plenty of things in the, in the past. I mean, I grew up in the, in the eighties and that was a time when, you know, making fun of gay people was, was very common, uh, using, uh, gay slurs, uh, to, uh, you know, refer to your friends and other people and that kind of thing. It was just, it was how people spoke and, uh, you know, using words like retarded and that kind of stuff. And, you know, there was just a point where people in those communities were like, hey, man, this is fucked up. We're just trying to get along out here. 
And as a culture, we were like, oh, yep, you're right. You're right. Sorry about that. And we've tried to clean up our act a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, again, this is all shifting sands, right? Like, you know, uh, you want to you want to lose money, bet that things will stay the same. Uh, th this kind of stuff ebbs and flows there, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think you're right. If it, like if, if you're talking about a community of people that are traditionally um, kind of, uh, you know, get the shit end of the stick and you're the most popular comedian in the world, arguably, and you are making fun of those people, eh, that don't impress me much. Um, Mike says, Halloween kills. Any excitement for more Halloween movies from this director and writer? Well, stick around. We'll get to it. We're almost there. Got a couple of more news stories and, and then we'll hit it. Um, but yeah, so again, have not seen, have not seen one second of the new Chappelle special. So I can't speak directly of that. I, I can only speak generally, uh, about the fact that I think Dave Chappelle, uh, in the past has been ridiculously funny, have not seen the new special, but what I hear is not terribly encouraging. Um, okay. So, uh, and I think saying it's just jokes is hiding behind i think that hides behind you know like it's waving away what you're saying and i i don't just i again comparing it to carlin i don't know that carlin would have ever said these are just jokes by and, and made fun of a, a minority community um gary saying i'm not a hateful person by the way no 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 i don't think anybody's saying that you are it's just you know one of those things that you got to talk about I believe in context in the written word. People can read or hear certain things and not the work as a whole and attack. And that's incorrect for me. I totally agree. That's why I'm trying to be pretty measured with what I say about this is I have not seen the special. I don't know the context. Uh, I've only seen some excerpts. And, and as Gary pointed out, those things taken out of context seem kind of damning. But but also to say I'm a turf, unless that's the joke then you know identifying with a group of people who who and by the, the very you know uh acronym that they're using are trans exclusionary and again that's just not a great look uh but also you know dave Chappelle, i probably does not give a shit about being politically correct and and there was an argument to be to be made for that but blah blah blah, blah. uh again haven't seen it don't know um okay speaking of not knowing there, uh, I wanted to get to this story because I haven't seen Squid Game yet. I haven't seen it. I know it's the biggest thing in the world. And like six weeks from now, I'm going to be like, hey, have you guys seen Squid Game? It's great. I just don't have time to watch it right now. I wish I did. I don't have time. Um, and, uh, but the thing that I found funny in the news was not that I haven't seen Squid Game, which, again, I hear is amazing. I, I look forward to seeing it. Uh, it's that there is a real-life version of Squid Game happening that is uh, in Abu Dhabi. And apparently that is... <laughs> so there, there, it, there's not, like, nobody's getting killed. And there's not a giant million dollar prize, but they're essentially putting on a version of Squid Game uh, in Abu Dhabi, which is the cradle of incredible wealth, in addition to uh, some fairly repressive uh, laws. 
And I it, it was one of those things when I saw this headline, I was like, oh, I guess we just live in a time when irony isn't a thing. Because uh, Squid Game, um, the, by my understanding, again, I haven't seen it, uh, but my understanding is Squid Game is largely an attack on, you know, capitalism and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that, you know, capitalist corporate structure and that sort of thing. And the idea that Abu Dhabi, one of the most grotesquely wealthy places on the face of the planet missed the point entirely and was just like, Oh, a game show sounds fun. It, that struck me as being very funny. And also, uh, as I said, struck me as something that would only exist in a world where irony is completely lost on everybody. Uh, or at least the organizers of this squid game. Um, Mike saying, why does anyone give a moment of pause to understand? Some people just might have found the jokes funny in the first place. I, I'm sure regarding the Chappelle thing. I, yeah, I, again, I haven't seen it, but yeah, it, it's possible. Like there are plenty of comics that I used to really like that. I just don't find funny anymore. That last Jerry Seinfeld special that dropped on Netflix. Uh, I thought, especially I, I thought the first like 15, 20 minutes was pretty funny. And by the end, when he was talking about like, just doing relationship jokes and not cl particularly clever relationship jokes. I was just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It turns out that at a certain point you just lose some magic or it, it's in, traditionally speaking, the older you get as an artist, the less relevant you become and also the less sharp you become. Um, and, and so, you know, that just happens. And Chappelle is maybe at that point where, you know, relevancy and, and, and his sharpness is, is starting to wane. But, you know, we'll see. Um, Mike says, Squid Game in real life, the absurd nature of the extremes it takes in the show shouldn't blind us from that. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I haven't seen it, but everything I understand about the show is that it is making fun of the very, the, the very kind of culture that creates an Abu Dhabi. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Robert says Netflix is currently looking to squid game merchandise, uh, at Walmart and potentially a video game. I, well, of course it's the biggest, like, it's the biggest show Netflix has ever had. And regardless of what the message is, you know, if people get a whiff that it could make them money, even if the, like, you know, I'm sure somebody sold eat the rich t-shirts, right? You know, like the, the idea that somehow, uh, these anti-corporate and anti-capitalist messages that some somebody won't cynically say, well, I bet we can make some money off of this. Like, what culture do you think we're living in? You know, <laughs> like, that is that is what America is built on, is how can I make a buck off of this? Uh, and it's unfortunate, and, and but I don't know that there's a solution other than, you know, social anarchy and i don't know that i'm for that but eh, we'll see um gary says hence why gary loves the running man so much yeah 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 the like the running man although you know that was more eh, more political in some ways than socioeconomic uh the way that i understand the squid game is more uh socioeconomic and it, and its critiques but yeah yeah uh you know, it, it's the idea of, 
uh, turning the misfortune of others into a game show has been around forever. I mean, a lot of game shows still do that, right? Like, uh, what are the, you know, those games where you got to run across uh, obstacle courses and whatnot and just get uh, the shit knocked out of you and, you know, big punching bags throwing you into water and stuff like that. It's all about humiliation. America's Funniest Home Videos gave out a prize for who could, you know, contribute the most embarrassing video. Um, yeah, you know, game shows always capitalize on on the the worst natures in people. Um, the only one that I really watch these days in terms of game shows, and I, I guess this is more reality show than game show, but there's a game show aspect to it, is uh, I love the show Alone. and And so that's kind of the one that I watch. I don't really... You know, I, Press Your Luck was probably my big game show back in the day. A little Price is Right. I think a Price is Right is kind of is kind of all right, but also certainly capitalist and consumerist in it in its roots. Uh, so yeah, uh, Jason says Squidio Game. That if, if they called it Squid Game, the Squidio Game, I'm on board. That that seems pretty good. Um, <laughs> Alan saying it's like Amazon making the expanse. Yeah, right. They're not making like Amazon makes the expanse because Jeff Bezos liked it. You know, like one of the wealthiest men in the world and probably just didn't understand some of the message of it. You know, it's like a lot of these assholes like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and uh, you know, a lot of these uber wealthy jerks that have lost all touch with reality and don't don't understand critiques like you know uh who was it? i think it was uh, uh trump who kind of advocated that sort of religious idea that the more money you have the closer to god you are and that was probably just him rationalizing but also that's a legitimate uh point of view um that some people uh maintain and it's just nuts uh you know the, the what what's the the line the the love of money is the root of all evil isn't that shakespeare um yeah it is it, it's one of those things like i you should have enough money to get by and do the things you want to do and anything more than that is ostentatious and kind of immoral uh that's my own point of view uh mike says a squid game video game misses the point as much as it would have been had it uh had Fight Club made a fighting game after its success. There was such a thing. There was a Fight Club video game in production at one point that I think was kind of a fighting game. Um, I don't know that it was a classic like Street Fighter 2. I think it might have been more of a, you know, a brawler style game. Um, but yeah, I, I you know. Right, it, it it just because they miss the point doesn't mean they're not going to try. Um, but there's always like there's an element of commerce within all of that stuff. Like, you know, I buy Godzilla T-shirts and stuff like that because I like Godzilla, and you know, somebody's going to make a buck off of that. But you know, Godzilla, eh, maybe not entirely anti-corporate in its messaging, but you know, somebody saw Godzilla and people's love of it and was like, I think I make some money off of this. Um, yeah. Uh, Gary says the squid game is missing Richard Dawson. Oh, aren't we all deeply? Uh, Jason says it's time to bring back double dare. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see an adult version of double dare where, you know, 
Like, here's the game show I want is where you get the richest people on earth to compete and they lose money for everything that they get wrong. You know, like ask them, uh, ask them things like what's minimum wage. And if they get the number wrong, then you take a million dollars and you give it to some poor schmuck who's working at one of their companies. That's the game show I want to see. Um, Gary says, I have running uh, OG Prices Right on Pluto. Those women get real excited with the possibility of winning a stove. Shit, I get excited at the idea of winning a stove. Are you kidding me? Stoves are expensive. I would love to win some appliances. I would love a new refrigerator. You know how much new refrigerators are? A lot of goddamn money. That's how much they are. Um, You know, like I got to get some home repairs done. That stuff is expensive as hell. So I get it. I would... What I wouldn't give for somebody to, uh, uh, you know, just give me a washing machine, a new washing machine. Oh, that'd be great. I could really use a new dryer too. While we're at it, I, I, I. What I'm saying is, I want to go on prices right. Clearly, um, <laughs> catch me on Winloot into this month. Uh, uh, Jason says it's the Garfield meme of him seeing the no Garfield sign and going, "Huh, I wonder who that's for." Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of. A lot of the uber wealthy and uber successful who do not understand that they don't understand why people are so pissed at their money. You know, they think it's all like jealousy and whatnot, but it's like, no, man, it's it ain't jealous that you've got it. It's that you've got so much of it that you live on a different planet. You experience a different life than the rest of us. And and that was always the promise of America was, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit of pursuit of happiness and it's hard to pursue happiness when, you know, you ain't got no money and that minimum wage jobs don't pay rent, you know? Uh, minimum wage is supposed to be the minimum you need to live on, and that ain't what it is. It is just the minimum that the government allows uh, corporations to pay people. Um, Mike says, Pro uh, prosperity gospel isn't new. It's been a big talking point by a, a televangelist for a long time. Yeah, 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 that kind of shit is... You know, I like I have had I wouldn't say a spiritual awakening, but I've certainly been thinking about faith more and thinking about religion more. And um, but yeah, like at no point would I think that how much money I have equates to the level of godliness. In fact, just the opposite. Like I said, I think if you've got if you've got more money than makes you comfortable and makes those around you comfortable and, and you know, a little bit for rainy days and shit like that and being able to save for retirement, nothing crazy, just being able to live your life, you know, anything more than that. When you're making, you know, whatever the crazy amount of money, the hundreds of thousands of dollars per hour that the super wealthy make, that's just, it's, it's ostentatious and it's immoral. You know, that all of that money ought to be distributed to people who need it. There there are people starving in this country, and, and we can fix it. We could fix it. Like, we could tax the shit out of all those people and, and fix that problem. And and we don't, and that's crazy to me. Um, Rayman in the house, what's up? Uh, Alan says, 15 minutes uh, to make KD. Um, uh, I don't know what that means. Um, all right, so... <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. 
Death of Kindness. Remind me who Death of Kindness is because I, I forget everything. Richard Dawson was a god among insects. Uh, you're right. Richard Dawson was amazing. Um, Ramman says, Spiritual Blow is the Sorcerer Supreme we deserve. I am not, I, I hesitate to call myself spiritual. I would say that I am, uh, I am spiritual curious. I, you know, I've started to, to wonder about those things in a way that I haven't, uh, in the past, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to, uh, once more rely on, uh, you guys for this, the new screen trailer dropped which I also did not watch because I just don't watch trailers. Um, I will for sure see the new Scream movie. I don't know if I'll see it in the theater. Um, Scream is, oh, 15 minutes to make KD. Oh, that was for my game show. Got it. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Um, so Scream is coming back. And uh, I am one of those people that's like, uh, all right, fine. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> you know, I thought Scream uh, 1 was great. I thought Scream 2 was okay. Um, I thought Scream 3 and 4 were not great. And so the idea that they, th this is much like the Exorcist story, this is just reinforcing my larger point that everything that is coming out seems to be a thing that you already know the name of. And it's driving me up the fucking wall. <laughs> It's driving me crazy. You know, there's a, I know what you did last summer show on Amazon. Now they're bringing back scream, you know, as much as I love Dennis Villeneuve and I cannot wait to see this Dune remake, it's still a Dune remake and I want to see new shit. I'm trying to think of something that has come out recently that is a brand new thing I've never heard of. There's, uh, a new James Bond movie in the theaters. Um, I don't know. You guys tell me. Like, again, I'm not saying that Scream is going to be bad. I hope it's great. I'm looking forward to seeing it because I'm curious what a Scream movie looks like in the modern world. You know, the last time we saw Scream 4, it was about social media. And I didn't think it was a very smart look at social media. So that's why I didn't really care for it very much. But let's see. Let's see, right? And, you know, now we've got a, another Scream film just called Scream. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it other than to say I'm I'm, I'm getting tired, people. I want to see something weird come out wide, you know? Like, I, as much as I did not care for some of Malignant, the end of that movie is, was bonkers enough that I'm like, at least Malignant came out this year. At least, but it took James Wan making a billion dollars for Warner Brothers on that Aquaman movie to be like, hey, I got this super weird idea. You guys care if I make this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing Aquaman too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can do whatever you want then. Um, Yeah. Mm. Uh, Rayman asking, now let's get on to some serious questions. Could a prime George Foreman knock out the bear from Grizzly? No. No. I mean, could they, could he be competition? Sure. But you know what George Foreman doesn't have? Claws, fucking claws. That's what he doesn't have. He might get a shot or two because George Foreman's big guy got some reach. He might be able to hit that bear a couple of times right in the snout. It's not going to take him down. Bear's got easily, you know, 
800 pounds on George Foreman and, and probably a couple of feet. And that bear is just going to bear hug him to death or just start mauling him. So as much as I like uh, George Foreman, and I do, I think George Foreman, I like the fact that he named all his kids George Foreman. That makes me happy. I think that's very funny. Uh, because just this old boxer being like, look, I, I can only remember so much. So everybody's name is George. The dog, the the ladies, everything. Um, Alan saying Possessor was pretty close. Yeah, Possessor, I don't know that it got a wide release, but yeah, that was at least something different and, and was great. Um, yeah, you got to use the crab defense for sure, for sure. Uh, but I still, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, that bear's got George Foreman all day. Um, okay. In other things that, uh, kind of piss Bo off news, let's, let's get to this before we talk Halloween kills. Uh, this will be our transition into that discussion. <sighs> so Jason Blum, uh, producer of the Halloween kills, uh, film and Halloween and the upcoming exorcist movies, uh, says, that uh he is all in favor and this is one of those things where somebody was like what about halloween 3 and jason blum was like you know what we could do halloween 3 and he could he could do halloween 3 um uh, or a sequel to halloween 3 i hope they don't you know some things just need to be what they are and the end of that like the only way i am into this is if the movie picks up at the very moment when Tom Atkins is on the phone screaming, stop, you gotta stop. And they don't. And the, and you see kids heads pop all over the country. And then, uh, the movie starts from there. And it's like, we've got to pick up the pieces in this civilization where hundreds of thousands of children or whatever were just massacred by these druids on Halloween night and now we got to wrestle with a couple of things as a society. One, druids and magic are real. We got to wrap our heads around that. Also, nobody is ever wearing a Halloween mask ever, ever again in the history of Halloween moving forward. Um, but I do love the fact that uh, the idea that Halloween 3 could use a sequel is a crazy idea. And it tells me something about Jason Blum. Because I, I'm pretty quick to say I admire the fact that Jason Blum, and at one time they did this, I don't know if this is still the case, but at one time, Jason Blum and Blumhouse would basically say, here's three to five million dollars, if we like the script, you go make the movie, doesn't matter what it is, and one of them will hit. And that seemed very democratic to me. That if one movie hit, that make makes up for the two or three or four that don't. And it gives directors the ability to make something on the cheap that could be interesting and new and different. And I don't know that that's still the model. Uh, maybe it is, although it seems like Blumhouse is getting a little big for its britches. And then just doing the cheap shit for Amazon where it's like, well, we'll give you a million dollars. Um, but I don't know. Um, I hope that's still the case. I hope they're still doing that. Um, <laughs> Alan says Gaspar Noe's Halloween three. 
now you got me. All right, I'm I'm down for that. Uh, Jason saying Halloween three two would be the like the post apocalypse of later Phantasm movies. That's what I want. If you if you tell me that it takes place in this post apocalypse after you know the country's children are murdered by druids, that sounds like a fascinating movie to me. If it's just going to be an extension, you know, you're like, oh, they stopped it just in time and then we're going to do something else from there. I don't know that I'm interested in it. Um, Tom Ak Abraham says, uh, Tom Atkins destroyed a superhuman robot in Halloween three. Pretty sure that means he could take Michael Myers to school. Well, as we've learned, um, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's talk Halloween kills. Uh, all right. Uh, in the chat, I'm going to give it a few seconds. If you have seen Halloween kill or if you've not seen Halloween kills and don't want any of this spoiled, let me uh, say something in chat so that I don't ruin a good time for you. Cause that's not what I want to do. Um, but according to the Halloween kills mythology, Tom Atkins is still in trouble because every time Michael Myers kills somebody, he uh, gets a little of their power. You know, he's like, uh, I am with my serial murders. I get a little bit of their soul. Um, all right. So I watched, here's how I watched the, the Halloween kills. Oh, wait, hold on. Mike says Lars von Trier's Halloween three, the silver shamrock theme comes on and it turns into the orgy scene from Kubrick's eyes wide shut before they start Facebook melting. Um, again, fine. If you told me that it was going to be, uh, Halloween three part two or whatever you call it season of the witch two and it's Lars von Trier it's Werner Herzog it's Gaspar Noe I'll even give you a Mike Flanagan Mike Flanagan knows how to come in and do a a sequel to a movie right that doesn't seem like it needs one um Mike saying doesn't Freddy consume souls not uh mother effing Mike Myers um, not anymore. It's all one thing. All of it, all of it's one thing now. It doesn't matter. Um, so the way I watch this, and again, I'm, I'm going to spoil things, but, uh, unless somebody stops me, somebody is, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, Jason says Halloween Highlander. Kinda, kinda. So I watched the 2018 Halloween again which I, I remember thinking was fine. And I enjoyed it more on a rewatch than I did the first time, uh, mostly because I'm just always so happy to see Will Patton in a movie. And so I enjoyed it on, on this watch more than I did the first time. So I watched it, had a good time with Halloween, and I'd heard like eh, some middling reviews and whatnot of Halloween Kills, but I was like, you know what? No, and Mike says, I, I watched this with Bitter Beer Face. Just the opposite, Mike. Just the opposite. I went into it thinking to myself, you know what? I enjoyed Halloween 2018 more than I remembered. Um, I don't think it's great, but I had a good time with it. It was fun. I like the music. Beautifully shot. Cinematography is great. I'm down for this. Let's do this. And so then I jumped into Halloween Kills, which I watched on The Peacock. Because I wasn't going to go to the movies for it. I'm not stupid. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I signed up for a month of Peacock. And then 
uh, I got into it, uh, was like it, perfect setting. I am in my favorite chair. I got my, my special Halloween blanket. Uh, so I'm warm and toasty. I'm relaxed. I'm looking for a good time. Uh, 20 minutes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. So then, so then Halloween kill starts and they, they explain, okay, here's how Michael Myers survived. Fine. Uh, he kills a bunch of firefighters. Fine. Um, he, he kills, uh, uh, an old couple, one of whom is Lenny Clark. Always happy to see him. Fine. I don't know why he's running a drone around in his living room, but whatever. Probably product placement that I just didn't get. Again, all that's fine. Okay, Mike Myers is on the loose and he's out killing people again. You know, of course he is. So, <laughs> Ramman says, John Carpenter's score for these past two films has just been fantastic. Yes, the his music, I think, is the best part of both of the movies. Um, So then, though, we get into the characters at work in this movie. And Laurie Strode is sidelined uh, because of, uh, her wounds. And so we go to the hospital, a la Halloween two, the, you know, uh, original Halloween two. Um, and then we introduce a bunch of characters. I don't give a fuck about namely Lonnie. Hey, remember in Halloween when Dr. Luma said, Lonnie, Get your ass away from there. He's a star in this movie. And look, uh, the, oh, what is the actor's name? Robert. Oh, all right. I'll get to it. Um, but the actor who Robert Longstreet, I think is his name, who plays the adult Lonnie, who was in Midnight Mass as, uh, uh, Bill Colley. Is that what was that his name in the, in that movie? Um, terrific absolutely great uh robert longstreet yeah sure enough uh plays adult lonnie and was joe collie that was his name in midnight mass heartbreaking character in midnight mass robert longstreet terrific performer um playing uh the guy <laughs> play playing a character that uh was mentioned briefly in the movie halloween okay and then Lindsay and the other kid, Tommy, uh, who ran away from the house in, in Halloween and had no direct contact with Michael Myers that I can recall other than seeing him out the window. They are also two of the main characters in this movie. And all the characters from the original, not original, but the 2018 Halloween are just in the hospital hanging out for the most part. You know, except for the daughter or the granddaughter of Laurie Strode, who's out hunting for Michael Myers. But again, she's not a real big part of until the end. Um, And yes, Mike pointing out the returning characters were worthless. Yeah, the, the returning characters don't do shit in this movie, except for Judy Greer. Again, spoilers, who fucking dies and makes no difference uh, at the end of the film. Um. Mike also pointed out that the firefighters charge them one at a time. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, what are you going to do? Um, then you've got, uh, this whole subplot about the entire community going in for mob justice and trying to hunt down Michael Myers. 
and this chant of like evil dies tonight evil dies tonight i look i'm sure this worked for somebody i thought it was stupid uh and then tommy who was the instigator like all of this just goes it leads to a point where the mob ends up chasing down and forcing this totally innocent mental escape mental patient from the first movie to jump out a window only to discover like oh that was never michael myers and they all feel bad about it i guess and you're just like i couldn't care less this is a character that just popped up in this movie to die and that's kind of what happens like tommy doyle Lindsay, all these people they just show up in the movie to get killed off because we got to burn a little screen time before we get to the end of the movie in which we are left in the exact same place that we were at the end of the Halloween 2018, which is Laurie Strode is injured. Uh, Judy Greer is dead. That's the one difference. The granddaughter is uh, freaked out, but is, is made of stern stuff. Will Patton is alive and injured, but it still doesn't do anything. Like, I understand this is supposed to be the dark middle chapter of this new trilogy. But if you look at other dark middle chapters of trilogies, let's take, for example, the best of all time, which was Empire Strikes Back. In that movie, when you get to the end, the characters are all in vastly different situations than they were at the beginning. It moves the story along, and more than that, it moves the characters along. You know, like Luke Skywalker is now a handless, you know, half-trained Jedi. Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. Uh, Billy D. Williams, a character that came out of nowhere, is now, you know, Lando Calrissian, is now the dude who potentially is going to save the day even after he double-crossed Han Solo. In this movie, all the characters that showed up for the first time are now either dead or sidelined, so none of that matters you haven't substantially changed anything. The only thing that you've done is add some lore to the movie about like, no, it turns out that Michael Myers is fear itself or something. And that every time he kills someone and makes people more afraid, he grows more powerful and can't be killed, which undermines the whole first movie where Laurie Strode had spent her whole life preparing for this one-on-one battle with this you know this evil guy that had had been haunting her dreams and then to say like he's an unkillable supernatural machine it's just stupid when i was talking to duncan about it he also pointed out that according to this movie in 1978 after michael myers got shot six times and fell off the balcony he goes home a couple of cops chase him out of his home And when he goes outside, he just kind of surrenders, which doesn't. And then we see the same thing happen at the end of this movie, only this time he doesn't surrender. I guess if there's any character growth, it's Michael Myers understanding that, like, fuck that going to jail thing. I'm just going to murder everybody. Um, Yeah, it was all it was just stupid. It was a deeply stupid movie. Uh, I I, I and. I'm trying to, like, I struggle to to find something that I liked about it. Other than, there's one scene where Laurie Strode and Will Patton are talking about a kiss that they shared in a bar. 
and both of them are very good actors and it was nice to get a moment where like Laurie Strode isn't just you know uh an unstoppable killing machine in her own right but that she has a moment where you know she's a little bit vulnerable and and talking about you know perhaps there was a life that she could have had that that is gone from her now yeah it was just oh man what a what a what a terrible movie it's really bad um jason said it was a weird choice to have michael kane voicing loomis um you know i, I if you, it was a flashback and if you're gonna bring loomis back i'm kind of fine with that i you know i still question uh michael myers turning himself in at that point but fine um rayman saying i like tommy more than any of the characters from the last film uh you know maybe I don't know. It's just tough to like, aside from Laurie Strode, I don't know that there's a character and Will Patton. I'll tell the, I'll tell you what, I like Will Patton more than any character from either of the movies. I, just cause I like Will Patton as the sheriff. Um, Mike says this movie put the car into neutral because the story is advanced zero. The three Strodes did jack all of nothing. And it's obvious this was supposed to be two movies and, uh, they were too lazy to rewrite a new ending and just tried to trim what was there. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're doing this Halloween dies thing. But man, what a what a terrible baseline you have set for this third movie. You know, and the third movie always pays for the sins of the second one. And here's another thing. Another thing that I heard was like, well, this is brutal. Like it doesn't matter about the the story. And I'm not one of those people that just wants gore. But I will grant you if the movie had, if it's kind of savage and brutal, the way that that Evil Dead remake was, like I think that movie also has characters behaving incredibly stupidly uh, in the course of that film. But I can let some of that slide because it is so like gory and audacious and that kind of thing. I never got that feeling from Halloween Kills. It some of it, it like it's brutal in the way that a you know any r-rated film kind of is it it didn't seem over the top gory the way that evil dead 2 was sort of glee not evil dead 2 but um the evil dead remake was kind of gleefully over the top in its bloodletting and i didn't get that spirit of fun for it that was another thing it's just not fun you know and if you're doing a movie like this it ought to be at least fun and i never got that feeling at all um Jason says he liked the increasing fervor of the mass hysteria, if not the details around it. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree that it's an interesting message, but it's just handled so clumsily and comes to nothing. You know, I mean, they kind of pay for their sins when Michael Myers murders them all. But, you know, like if your big message is, oh, by the way, everybody, uh, you know, gets caught up in a fervor and acts like an asshole in a mob. Yeah, I mean, we know that's been the last, you know, 18 months. So let's, I I get that we're making a comment, but uh, I think I think that lesson has been learned. Um, Rayman saying, to be fair, we knew from the start this was to be a trilogy. I'm not sure why people thought Michael would be dead. I don't care that he's not dead. I care that nothing of consequence happened in this movie. And you're just left in the exact same spot with only minor differences than you were in the first movie. 
I don't care that you're making three of these. Just make all of those movies count. And this movie, like, if you went straight from this, from Halloween 2018 to Halloween Dies, I don't know that you couldn't have told the story of everything that happens in Halloween Kills in about 10 minutes. Uh, because again, you just introduce a bunch of characters that you might remember from the 78 movie just to kill them off. So what if somebody just said in the movie, uh, in Halloween dies, I mean like, oh my God, did you hear he killed, you know, Tommy Doyle and Lindsay and Lonnie? Okay, fine. I guess why maybe that matters. Um, uh, anyway. I like I don't disagree with you, Ram Man. I mean, I I knew that this was going to be a trilogy. It just stunned me that so little happens in this movie. I mean, stuff happens, but none of it happens in a way that I'm like, oh my god, you guys, wait till you see the end of you know Halloween dies. Like this shit's gonna get real because nothing ever got real in this movie. It was just him killing some folks that were introduced in this movie. I didn't really care about that much. Um, Alan says, I think Michael had to poop after Halloween 78 and that's why he surrendered. I mean, that's as good as an explanation as any, if he was just, you know, Oh wow. I really got to, you know what they're going to, I bet if I go poop, they're going to follow me. All right. All right. Everybody, I give up. Where, where's, where's the nearest toilet? Oh, I pooped my pants. Um, <laughs> Uh, Ravid says, I don't mind Michael still being a force, but I didn't like that Laurie is now Dr. Loomis. How does she know that he's supernatural? At, Lo at least Loomis spent years observing him. There is a whole, all right, well, let me get your other comment. Um, and Ravid says, I don't like H2O all that much, but I think from a character standpoint, Laurie's development is much more realistic than her becoming Sarah Connor in this timeline. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched H2O, but I, I feel like I'm due after watching this one. The But yeah, you're right. The other thing that really pissed me off when I was watching it is the conversation that Lori has with Will Patton's sheriff character about who's responsible for Michael Myers. Like, no, this is all my fault. No, this is all my fault. It's fucking neither of your fault. A force of evil has been let loose on your town. The fact that either of you are taking responsibility for this seems like the height of, of uh, like self-absorption. Like you're neither like both of you should be focused on stopping it, not whose fault it is. And why and why would Lori ever think it's her fault? She was a babysitter who a serial killer bombed in on. She saved a couple of kids. Then she almost killed him in the last movie and firefighters fucked that up for her. like she's done all she can. There is no fault of hers at all. Uh, I mean, what are we doing here? People? Oh, uh, <laughs> Mike says the brutality is more Friday the 13th, not Halloween from uh, the original, which they're uh, aiming this is based from. And filmmakers had no confidence modern audiences would embrace atmosphere and suspense over violence. I'm okay with even doing some violence. I mean, 2018, the 2018 Halloween was fairly violent. I'm okay with that as long as it's creative and interesting. And I don't know that this ever was the closest he got was the fluorescent tube in the neck. That was all right. And the rest of it's just kind of stabby stabby. Um, I will say there, right, the highlight is the music and big John and little John, big John and little John 
totally fine characters. I wish there had been more of that and less of like Lonnie and Lindsay and uh and Tommy. Um <laughs> Ramman said, I think James Jude Courtney is the second best person to portray Michael Myers. I think his movements are fantastic. Yeah, I think as a a portrayal of Michael Myers, it's not terrible. Um or his the physicality of it, that's all fine. Uh again, I just think it, it, that can't save the movie, but I, I don't think he, he does his best, no doubt. Uh, Mike says, H2O's uh, main issue is trying to make a Halloween movie into a 90s-style slasher. The story itself was fine. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've visited, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Naomi's saying they should, uh, they should cast Barry Bostwick as the sheriff, see some guy who kills people. Um, I, I will see some guy who kills people and Barry Bostwick. All right, look, I'm not saying that Will Patton should be replaced cause he shouldn't. Will Patton should be in every movie. That's just a rule. Um, I also think that if you wanted to put Barry Bostwick as his deputy and now we're talking also, why did we poor Charles Cyphers in this movie? Why did we drag him? out out of bed for this movie um let let that man let let his good name stand uh i mean it's fun to see him but oh that was awful uh jason said i enjoyed the flashbacks i could have gladly watched the whole 1978 set movie yeah again i just wish any of those flashbacks mattered because you know the the characters that are involved like lonnie seen running into michael myers doesn't matter because he's dead at the end of this thing. And yeah, it just, uh, Ram man saying Tom Atkins needs to be in a uh, Halloween ends. Uh, Blumhouse is messing up. Otherwise, you know, I mean, Tom Atkins again should be in everything. I, I think that's just a good rule of thumb. Um, okay. I think, I think maybe that's all I have to say about Halloween kills. I really found it disappointing and I went into it pretty hyped not like i don't think i had uh blinders on or anything that maybe it wasn't going to be high art um but i just i i didn't find any of the kills to be very good other like i said other than the fluorescent tube i thought that was kind of fun but the rest of it i i thought was all pretty bland in terms of the violence uh and man just one character after another i i got as my witness when Lori Strode said that he gets stronger. Like every, what, what was the line? Every time someone is afraid, the boogeyman wins. I had to go to my optometrist to have my eyes peeled back from how hard they rolled. It, oh my God, this movie is written so badly. It's got such a bad script. Uh, somebody, somebody ought to, like there ought to be, some fine levied against the writers of this movie uh danny Na danny mcbride and david gordon green and i can't remember who the other the other writer is but they they should have a good talking to um okay alan says uh if you haven't seen some guy who kills people that's prime material for you and kate i'll uh i'll give mm, i don't know if i have seen that i don't think i have i'll, I'll look at that uh, Ramman says, did you see that Jamie Lee Curtis said Halloween ends is going to piss people off? Um, 
I hope it does something. Uh, something would be better than nothing. I mean, this movie made me mad because nothing happens in it. And no, or, or at least nothing that is going to bear any weight on the next movie that couldn't be succinctly uh, summarized in about five minutes in a prologue to uh, Halloween die. So I hope so. You know, I, I hope it does something. I hope it does something different because this movie was a whole lot of nothing. Um, Jason says, I just saw that they came up with the new twist ending to Halloween ends. And that frustrates me because I could have lived with the faults of this movie if it was all going somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but now seeing they're still crafting where all this is going makes me throw my hands in the air. Um, you should do what I do, Jason, and throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Okay. Um, enough picking on talk about punching down let's stop punching down on on halloween kills um but boy what what a disappointing film uh okay so let's talk about movies and feel free to throw some questions into the chat uh i've only got a handful of movies to tell you that are coming to streaming between now and when next we speak um Mike saying, I think your point framed another way is nothing in this movie was required to happen for uh, Halloween ends to exist. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the, that nothing of consequence happened. Uh, let's say that. Um, Ramman says, what if Halloween ends somehow connects Michael Myers to the Exorcist trilogy that's, co Exorcist trilogy that's coming out? Um, that's when I just stop watching movies when that happens or just watch anything but from Blumhouse. I'll just be like, you know what? This is not for me. Um, I had that feeling, you know, I mentioned this before. When I saw the trailer for uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I was like, eh, this just isn't for me. This and the, a, a feel-good uh, special effects family extravaganza is not why I watch Ghostbusters. I watch Ghostbusters because it is a wonderfully funny take on three guys who fall ass-backwards into a situation that is way above their pay grade and uh and that's why it's wonderful um okay anyway on netflix uh on october october 20th you can check out the movie found which i believe is uh the found footage movie about the serial killer's brother who discovers that you know as you may have guessed from that previous statement his brother is a serial killer um and I remember that being very grim in a way that, um, not that it wasn't warranted, but it, sh it sure ain't a feel-good movie. Uh, also on October 20th, Night Teeth, working on some night teeth. Uh, that is the Megan Fox vampire movie uh, that Netflix produced. Uh, and that's it uh, between now and the uh, the 24th on Hulu. On October 21st, a movie called The Evil Next Door, uh, which is a new movie uh, that I have yet to see. On October 23rd, a movie called Silent Night, also coming out this year. Uh, and Silent Night sounds interesting because from what I understand about the premise is it's a bunch of people getting together for a Christmas dinner and, and knowing that they're all going to die at the end of it. Uh, that some 
like environmental thing has happened and and they're all about to die. Uh Kira Knightley is in that along with a, a couple of other reasonable names. So haven't seen it, but that one sounds really interesting. Um on Amazon, nothing horror. Uh there might be a new episode of that uh I know what you did last summer series, but no no horror movies that I could find. Um HBO Max on October twenty first, they're going to uh re release on their platform The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, uh, which is the latest in in them conjuring movies. I got about 30 minutes into that one before I realized that uh, time is limited on this earth and that I should probably stop watching it. Uh, did not care for that much uh, is what I'm getting at. And on October 22nd, uh, if you have HBO Max, uh, Dune, the new Den Denis Villeneuve Dune, will be available uh, for streaming. That one I'm probably going to bust out to the theater to see because, as I said, I'm a giant fan of Denis Villeneuve. Uh, I love the David Lynch Dune in a way that doesn't make sense. Uh, so I will probably run out to the theaters for that one. And uh, and lastly, on um, Shudder, October 18th, just tomorrow, uh, or if you're listening to the audio version today, um, Pulse is available. I assume that is the, um, Kurosawa Pulse, uh, which is a, a great film. Um, then you've got 1984's Children of the Corn, which is not necessarily a great movie, but it's got one of my favorite falls in the movie, uh, from Peter Krause. He, he clearly falls, uh, unintentionally on camera, which I really like. And having, uh, Courtney Gaines, scream outlander you know that's a good time <laughs> and also uh the that little isaac guy when he says he wants you malachi oh it it's not a good movie but i kind of love it is the thing um and then uh blood and black lace which uh, is the mario bava film and so you know that's a pretty good lineup shutter continuing to add fun stuff to their library. All three of those movies kind of worth your time. Um, all right. So, uh, Mike says conjuring three, or as I put it, the Warrens go to therapy. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I just can't with those movies at this point, you know, that's a real, like, I get it. I understand. Um, okay, folks, uh, again, if you've got any final questions, throw them into the chat right now. Uh, I want to say I appreciate you coming and hanging out with me on a Sunday, even if I was getting all old man grumpy about Halloween Kills. Um, next week, uh, as I said, we've got coming on the Dark Parade. Uh, obviously, the audio version of this drops tomorrow. You're going to have um, What You Watching with Jamie and Bo hitting on Tuesday. On Wednesday, uh, Psycho 3, that discussion which I'm very excited for you to hear. That was a really good time with Dan Chase is who's on that show. And then um, probably a found footage fool at the end of the week, uh, assuming that I haven't just collapsed. And uh, and then we've got one more week. You know, it's two weeks till Halloween today. Next weekend, uh, I'm very excited uh, to, to kind of regroup because it will be – we're actually going to have – 
um, one more sinister Sunday between you and me, folks, on Halloween night, I ain't going to be here to do a sinister Sunday. I'm going to be dressed up as a Sasquatch, handing out Halloween candy. So uh, the Morbid Monday is probably going to be just that. It's probably going to uh, happen on November 1st. So, um, <laughs> uh, Jason coming in with the, uh, the episode title late, Evil Talks Tonight. All right, fair enough. We'll do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, two weeks from now, there won't be a Sinister Sunday because it's going to be Halloween and I will be in full celebration mode. Um, desperately, uh, excited about dressing up like Sasquatch and handing out candy to kids. It's going to be so much fun. So, uh, anyway, you guys have a great rest of the week or beginning of the week, really. And, uh, you know, we'll be back here live next weekend. And in the meantime, you know, hop over to the Facebook group, uh, the dark parade. I'm generally in there chatting when I am available to do so. And, uh, Oh, Mike saying I ought to live stream handing out candy on Twitch. Keep in mind, I'm going to be in this giant Sasquatch outfit that makes it very difficult to manipulate cameras and stuff, but I have already talked to, uh, the lovely and talented Brandy to make sure that we get some pictures and where possible, we will absolutely, uh, be uploading pictures of trick or treaters and decorations and all that stuff. So, um, we're going to do what we can, but like I said, it, it's going to be difficult for me because I'm not able to use technology when I am all Sasquatched out, you know, uh, they call it the, uh, the Squatch effect. What are you going to do? Um, okay guys, the, this has been really fun as usual. Thanks for coming by. We're going to do this again next week before we take a week off for Halloween and, uh, yeah, have a great week. Uh, and it's, we've only got two more weeks till Halloween. So, you know, keep Halloween in your heart, be spooky out there and, uh, and I'll see you in a week. All right. Uh, I'm going to close the show. All right. Bye everybody. Bye.